Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. My name is Robert Brining. Tonight I am joined by Jeremy Dunn, as usual. Jeremy, how are you? Who? 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 What are we in now tonight? How are you doing? Me? It's me? All about me? Well, I'm good. I'm good. good. Yeah, you know what? I have to tell you, today was great because um, I was just a lazy bum all day today. All day. Uh, all day. I slept for most of the morning. It was great. It was it was a nice, lazy Sunday. I and see. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was was it something to do tonight or no? Well, yeah, I was supposed to, and it turns out that um, they were viewing a, a some film tonight, and they were running late, and they called me, and they said they wouldn't be able to go on until about 8.30, quarter to 9. And I said, well, that would kind of run in because I'd have to be on on air at 9. So um, they so. And and apparently and I was just an afterthought anyway, but oh well, oh well, oh well, maybe next time. But hey, I do want to um, I do want to give a little plug out. Um, April seventh, the and anybody who's in Charlotte, North Carolina, or is traveling through Charlotte, North Carolina, around April seventh or so, the Charlotte Film Society is going to be doing a movie called We Were There. And it was, it's a uh, documentary about the early days of AIDS. And um, so I'm getting, getting a copy of that in the next couple of days or so to pre-screen because I'm actually going to be, uh, I'm the featured speaker um, <laughs> to talk about uh, AIDS and HIV and, and how it, and, and all that, all that stuff. So, uh, right. so there are, so the Charlotte Film Society is very excited to be viewing this type of movie. And apparently any time that they have these types of films, um, they have a packed house. So that could be five or 15 people. I have no idea how many people will be there. But, oh, I'm but, sure it'll uh, be, you know, the local people. As long as you get the word out to the people, you know, around you, hopefully exactly. it'll get a nice crowd. Actually, that we were here, that um, documentary, I believe that came out, was it last year, in 2011? I think so, yeah. I, th- I think it's fairly new because it's not out where you can actually physically purchase it. Um, my right. support group, um, the girl who runs it, has been trying to get a hold of that video, um, you know, so we could she could bring it in so we could all watch it together. But you know, right now you're not able to purchase it. She so she pre-ordered it, I think, on Amazon, but that's not until I think June that you can buy it or right. something. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, that's a, a very you know interesting one. I saw the trailer on Facebook a lot. So yeah, so I'm. I'm Kind of excited about the whole thing, and that's uh, that's Easter weekend, actually. Cool. You know, April seventh. So, and all that. Well, good luck so, with that. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. So, and again, if you if you are in if you are in um, Charlotte that that weekend, and you want to see a free movie, um, check out the Charlotte Film Society's uh, website, and uh, and uh, I'll have to look it up, and I'll post it in the chat room here. But, but 
take a look at it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Keep us posted, and, you know, I'm sure you'll tweet about it, and there'll be photos and stuff like that. Oh, yes, because Um, I'll be bringing my aid there with me. There you go. And for those who are listening for the first time, we want to thank you all for, for tuning in and remind you that we're here every Sunday offering you your dose of hope, sharing stories of people living with HIV. If you're interested in sharing your story, you can contact us through the website, go to pauseim.com, and hit the contact page. Um, I also want to direct people, if you're on Facebook and you haven't already liked the, the Pause I Am Radio Show page, uh, we ask that you do, do go there. If you actually go to Facebook backslash Pause I Am Radio, um, it'll take you to our page. We just updated it. I just added some, kind of reorganized it a bit because it was kind of chaotic and unorganized. So now there's actually photo albums in there that you're able to go in and see our upcoming guests and um, our, some of our past guests. I haven't uploaded all of our past guests because it's a little difficult to get everybody up there, um, but I did upload, like, a lot of them today. So you can go there and check it out, and right below the photo is a link to the interview that you can click and listen to the interview directly there. So um, hopefully it's a little bit more, you know, organized for the fans to go and listen to. So that's something that you can go do, like our Facebook page and um, all that good stuff. And follow the show on Twitter at Pause I Am. Um, tonight we have a, a fantastic guest. I'm really excited. Are you with me, Jeremy? Did I lose you? I, I am. I just I just found the um, I just found the Charlotte Film Society, and it says there's a 7:30 show, a discussion led by Jeremy Dunn, moi, the founder wow. of Positively Speaking, and co-host of Pause I Am Radio. I'll put the link in the radio show. Yay! Yeah. I'm going to do that now. So. Um, so that's coming up um, for you. Um, also, yeah. in about three weeks, uh, both of us will be speaking at the Healthy Living Conference in Dallas, which we're yes, excited we will be. to be presenting at there. Um, and um, a lot of people that we know will be there. Um, actually, and Daniel Bauer is also uh, doing um, an event on Wednesday night. So you definitely want to come check it out if you can come to the event. I believe there are scholarships still available. And it is in Dallas, so if you're in the local area, come check it out, and you can um, come meet us. We'd love to meet everybody face-to-face, so um, come out and check that out. I just want to Unless get you have bad breath, then, then don't come to us personally. Unless you have, oh, bring them in. No bad breath. <laughs> bad breath, no. No, no. So our last interview with Josh Robbins was last week. Uh, that got quite a buzz. Um, it was downloaded, a, a, you know, pretty much a lot. And, um, you know, I want to thank, again, Josh for coming on because um, that was an amazing interview. And, and it Josh was a great is, uh, interview, wasn't it? I, he's really making he's, waves in Tennessee. And he's well-spoken. He is um, – he's not bad to look at. And, and I wish him all the luck. Yeah. So if you missed that, you can always go back into our archives, which are here on Blog Talk Radio – um, like I said, you can find them on Facebook or also on iTunes for free, um, which is pretty cool that you can listen to any of them there. And there's over, what, over 200 shows that you can listen to. Something about. like that, yeah. I mean, gosh, we've been going doing this for a while now, haven't we? Right? You like a bunch of old yeah. queens now. <laughs> I know, exactly. Tired old queens that we are. Hey, I just wanted to mention one other thing. Um, I have a correction um, that I need to, need to make. And um, so... We were at the Positive Living Conference, and I mentioned that uh, North Carolina didn't have a waiting list anymore. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy was wrong. And you're going to hear it first here that I was mistaken. So here's what it is. We do have a waiting list, and we have 150 people on that waiting list. And our waiting list 
is the reason why people are on a waiting list is because, I will tell you in just a second, is because they have um, reduced the eligibility of 125% of poverty level. So if you are 126 to 300% of poverty level, you are not eligible to um, join in the uh, North Carolina ADAP program. And therefore, there is a waiting list. And we have 150 people of those. So, so that's what that's that that's my correction. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that uh, I got the most accurate information out there for folks. Well, there you have it. You heard it first there, here. There. <laughs> I, know, I feel I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going through papers, and, and it's like, what am I? Am I on like MSNBC over here? I feel like Rachel Maddow. You know, let me lean in. You know, right. Oh goodness! Oh. Right, right. Oh my gosh! So we have Gabby out there. We've got we we've got a Charlotte. We've got a Daniel. We've got a Melissa. And a just I, I, this is exciting. We we've got people in the chat room already. Yes, yes. So pile in. Um, one of the things I did want to mention, um, not HIV related, just in kind of my personal um, life. Uh, we're actually going to. I am going to um, uh, New York next this next weekend coming up, um, you know, uh, before April. And uh, I'm actually going to play in a, a soccer tournament. I haven't played in this tournament in probably five or six years. Um, it's really fast-paced. It's an indoor tournament. So um, it is a totally, you know, it is a gay soccer team and a gay soccer tournament. So it's kind of cool to go up there and be able to, you know, just play soccer with other people that are like you. So um, if you're in the New York area, I will be up there that weekend. I know the schedule is extremely tight. I'm going to try to meet up with Scott Kramer at some point. Um, but I'm going to be at the Chelsea Piers. If you're in the area, you could always just come and watch me play. I mean, or, you know, to meet me that way. I mean, other than that, um, you know, hit me up and let me know. But that's something, you know, just going on for me, and I'm excited to kind of get back in the swing of things. Aw, that's nice. Yeah, it's soccer, it's really. So, so do you duck when balls are flying at your face? <laughs> um. On the field, I am kind of ruthless, so I'll, I'll, I'm just going to leave. I'm not going to say anything because I can't answer that correctly without coming off wrong, so we'll just let that go. Oh, we will that. let that go. Oh, God. Hey, um, Daniel wants to know um, where in the city you're going to be. Um, uh, you said Chelsea we're going to be Pier, playing right? at Chelsea Piers, so we're, I'm sure the hotel that we're staying at is going to be around there. So you heard it here first, um, folks. Robert will be at the Chelsea Pier. Now, that's just, (laughs) i I got to tell you, um, um, Robert, that is the gayest place in New York City. Well, look, it's a soccer tournament for gay, it's a gay soccer tournament. What do you expect? Oh, well, there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. You know, that's where the gym is, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, exactly. So so Daniel Bauer, I'm sure, knows exactly where that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lordy. Well, speaking of oh, tonight, um, fabulous guest. Um, yeah, who do we have Bob on Warner. tonight? I see him on the on the line here. So um, I thought I saw him on the line there too. Yeah. So I, I um, see somebody on the line there. Yeah. So Gab, let's go ahead. Gab, and... if that's you on the line, um, hit the number one. Yeah, it is. He already did. So please, let's welcome Bob okay. Garner to the show. Hey, Dad. Yay! Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Good, how are you? Oh, doing great, doing great. Just enjoying hey. a nice, relaxing weekend. 
Good, good. So, so Deb, um, before we jump into everything, how how's the husband? Uh, he's doing better. We just got him in to see a new doctor at the same clinic that I use. Um, he's still having some trouble with the pulmonary embolism that we found out about eight weeks ago, uh, but, but he's doing better. Thanks for asking. Good, good, because I know I've been thinking a lot about you guys, and, and especially Todd, so so keep us informed and keep us updated. So, Oh, definitely. It's, um, it's always rough when the person you love becomes very sick and the the first couple of days was really rough because uh, we didn't even know how bad it was till his doctor came and spoke to me. And when you think that you even stand a chance of losing the person that you love more than anything, it's an eye-opening experience. No kidding. Well, well, he is on the mend, and that's what I believe, and that's what I'm thinking, and that's the energy that I'm going to throw out in the universe. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, you were definitely uh, missed at the Positive Living Conference this year, but you definitely were there in spirit. I mean, a lot of people were there with their dad, the AIDS bear, and it was, it was, it was, it was. I don't know. It was really cool to have everybody there with their bear and and taking a lot of photos. You know what I mean? And and we were sad you weren't there, but we shared your story during our presentation. Actually, uh, Jeremy um, did, and it was, um, you know, we remembered you, so you were there. I, I appreciate both of the work that y'all did there in representing the organization as our ambassadors of hope. I received several emails after the event, and it was just very heartwarming and sweet, the messages that I received from everyone. So those that are listening that were at the Positive Living Conference, I'd just like to say a heartfelt thank you to everyone. So, Deb, uh, first, also, I want to say happy birthday to Deb the Eighth Bear, who just turned 31. Yes, this, this past Wednesday, the bear turned 31, and and this next Wednesday, I turned 50, so we both, and Todd just turned 40-something uh, on the 17th, so we all had birthdays this 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 month. <laughs> That's right. And, and Dad and I, we share a birthday. Oh, we do? You do? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Awesome. Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. March 28th. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people were born that day. <laughs> well, and we do know what happened, so we understand now what our parents were doing in, like, August <laughs> and September. <laughs> I was going, was there a hurricane or a blackout or what happened that <laughs> Nine months before that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. oh, golly. Oh, no. We digress. We digress. So, <laughs> so before, uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I, I just want to – I know we're going to have uh, people who want to call in and, and talk to you, Dad. So um, can you just give us a history of, of Dad the AIDS Bear and how that all started with you? Uh, yes, back in 1981, uh, my very best friend went into the hospital, and this is even before it was really called GRID. Uh He was only 27 at the time, um, had been vital, uh, was always very sports-oriented, and then he became, he started losing weight quickly, he became very ill, 
And when he went to the hospital, they stuck him in isolation. And when you care about a close friend or a loved one and you're not allowed to visit them, and then we were told he was probably going to die, um, it was very upsetting because at that time I was 18 years old. And so I ran to the nearest toy store and got him a teddy bear because I've always, you know, I'm Italian and Greek, so I have hair everywhere except the palms and the bottom of my feet. So I've been called a teddy bear ever since high school, even before the term bear came out in the gay community. So I went and got him a teddy bear uh, to give him something to hold, to let him know that, that someone loved him and cared about him, because you weren't allowed to go in to visit. And then a couple months later, my first partner became ill and ended up in quarantine, and that was when they first started calling it GRID, uh, which is what HIV was originally called, Gay-Related Immune Deficiency, because they did not know at that time whether it was a virus, how it was passed. Uh, Looking back, it seems kind of ignorant that they thought sexual orientation would have anything to do with an illness, but we we didn't even know how the the illness was passed at that time. Um, so to have you know it was bad enough having my best friend in quarantine and dying, but when it's someone you love as the person that helped you come out of the closet and accept yourself, and you're not allowed to go hold the person as they're dying or to speak with them. For 10 days, I stood outside of the quarantine ward looking through a window and not knowing from one moment to the le- to the next how much longer he had to live. So he was the second person that got a teddy bear. And when I saw how much that simple act of kindness touched people, um, I, I just kept on giving bears to everyone that went into quarantine. And then a few months later, unfortunately, I became ill And I thought it was just a bad cold, and it turned out to be PCP. And then I was diagnosed with GRID. And as much as I felt for my friends before that, having gone firsthand through quarantine and being afraid that you're going to die, because I was told I would probably be dead within a a period of days, um, it's one of the most frightening and and hopeless experiences a person could go through. And so it just reinforced my passion to make sure that everyone I knew that went into quarantine had to bear, because it gave them something to hold, to let them know they were loved, and to at least give them a little bit of hope, even though 90% of people never made it out of quarantine. Right. I mean, I mean, people don't realize how, I mean, the people who aren't educated about HIV and AIDS don't realize how far we have come. And hearing that reminds people of, you know, how it was, you know what I mean, and how difficult it was for people like you who, you said, well, you were going to funerals multiple times a week. The worst weeks were probably in the late 80s and early 90s, and there were several times that there would be five, six, seven funerals a week. Uh, One week, I remember, I went to 12 funerals in one week, 
it was not uncommon to have more than ten friends and the and the back then we had AIDS wards. Um and it was not uncommon to have more than ten friends in the AIDS wards at one time. By nineteen ninety five when we finally had some medications that helped us fight and live with HIV, I'd already lost over ten thousand friends, two of my partners and my goddaughter. Wow. You know, every time I hear this story, it just, it just, it puts everything into perspective these days, you know? I mean, an entire generation of gay men in the major cities, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., et cetera, uh, an entire generation of gay men literally passed away within a 15-year period. Wow. Wow. So, Speaking about the bear, mm-hmm. how did he get the name? Well, the name came from my goddaughter, and for those of uh, for the people listening that haven't heard my story, uh, my goddaughter Candace was one of the first children born with HIV in San Francisco, and she was also born with alcohol fetal syndrome, so she was born deformed. Her little mouth was on the side of her face instead of the front, and she had some other deformities. She could not say the word dad, so it came out dab. And everyone thought it was so cute when she said it. I started going by the nickname, and we ended up naming the bears that I gave dad, the AIDS bear. <clears throat> and then I promised Candace. Candace became very ill uh, July of... 1989, and she steadily went downhill from there. And as she was dying in August of 89, um, she looked at me. It was the day that she died. And, you know, I said, is there anything you want? And she looked at me and she goes, I just want you to make other kids like me feel loved. Now, this is from a little five-year-old child who every time she went in public, she knew she was different, and she knew she didn't look like other kids because, unfortunately, adults and children can be very ignorant and and unthoughtful and make comments. But her only wish was to make other kids like her feel loved. And she's the reason that I started the Christmas parties for kids with HIV. Wow. That is so cool. And now we're, this will be our 23rd year, and I do it all in memory of her. Nice. Wow. That makes me all warm inside. It it does. it's, It's just a wonderful feeling. That you're carrying well, her on like this. It, it was so sad because when my second partner and I went into the pediatric unit at San Francisco General, here was this little girl isolated all by herself. She was still in the incubator because she was very small for her size. Her mother had already passed away, and because the mother was a prostitute, they never knew who the father was. And so this little girl who had never done anything to anyone was born with HIV, alcohol fetal syndrome, and she was crack addicted. And even the nurses in this nursery 
were not paying any attention to this child. And by this time, this was 1985, I had probably already buried at least 150, 250 friends by that time and seen most of them in quarantine. And the thought of this little child being ignored for whatever time that she was going to have to live, there was just no way we could leave her there. And we could not legally adopt her because even in California, back in the 80s, gays had very few, if any, rights. But we could become godparents. So we signed paperwork so we could take her home. And they didn't even know how long she would live. They said maybe three months, maybe six months. And luckily she made it right at age five before she passed away. You know, hearing you share that, it reminds me of um, the the Faces of HIV uh, video that you recently uh, was filmed doing. And, I mean, that video, Dab, I think, is so beautifully done. Everything from the music, everything that you say, just it captures every essence of Dab. And I think it is a beautiful video. And I thank you for, for putting your face out there and doing that. Can you tell us about that experience? Well, it started off, I was contacted by the Florida Department of Health. Um, They were doing this new series where people would write a diary for a month, and then you were supposed to come in for a photo shoot. Well, at the time, I didn't even know they were going to do a video. And I had had an eye infection. I walked in. I looked like hell. And all of a sudden, they said, oh, you're going to be in a video. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And there there really was no preparation. They just said they had some questions they were going to ask me. And to answer them were the first things that came to my mind. And it took about an hour, and they picked certain spots of the interview to use. Well, I didn't know they were going to ask me about Candace, and even all these years later, it's still very hard for me to talk about Candace. And they popped that question on me about halfway through the interview and caught me off guard, and I really wasn't expecting that to be part of the interview, and just it was right around the anniversary of her death, Um, it was very emotional for me to have to talk about it because of that. And sharing, to me, it's very important for us as people living with HIV and in my case living with AIDS that we share our story not only to help others that are living with HIV and AIDS but also to help with awareness, education, and prevention so the, those that do not have the virus know how to protect themselves, know what it's truly like to live with this virus, and to help eradicate the stigma surrounding HIV. Well, I I, I just think it it caught like real emotion and, and and like real, you know what I mean? The realness in 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 you in that video, and I just thought it was beautiful, and you know I thought it was cool because a lot of people that we know, like Anthony. Uh, who was on the show before, and um, Donald also partaked in that um, campaign. Yes, uh, Anthony is a very good friend of mine. 
He works very hard in the community. Besides being the ambassador of hope, he does our local HIV community monthly dinners. Uh, he also gives a lot of his time to our local gay and lesbian pride center. Um, Anthony is a wonderful individual. Um, I think one of the things that surprised me about the interview as we shot the video, when we got to the part of Candace, by the time I'd finished that story, the woman interviewing me was crying. The other 10 people, including my partner, were crying, and we had to take like a 15-minute break before they could continue the interview. And I didn't see the end result project for about a month after we filmed it. And I still have trouble watching my own interview when I get to that part because while I, I miss everyone that I've known that have lost their battle with AIDS, for me, the children are the hardest part. I mean, I'm very lucky. I'm getting ready to turn 50. I've lived a wonderful life. But these young children, even the ones born today, we don't know how long they're going to have to live. Some are very lucky. I know some people that were born in the 80s and 90s that are now young adults and are doing relatively well. And then you have other children who, even in our country, don't do as well, and in third world countries that still don't make it past their teenage years. So to me, it's hard to lose anyone to HIV and AIDS, but the children that, that never truly get to experience the life that they should have been able to, those are the hardest, and that's why we work so hard to do the holiday events called Teddy Bear Touchdowns for them. That's great. That is fantastic. So I wanted to uh, just quickly let folks know that we are at the bottom of the hour. It is 9.30. And we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines, if that's okay with you, Dab. Um, the sure. number to call is uh, 347-215-9442. And I think we have somebody who is ready to come on, uh, area code 202. You are on the air. Hello, hello, hello. It's Justin, Terry Smith. Well, hello, hello, hello. Hey, Claire. How are you, Justin? Good. How are you, Daddy Dab? Doing great. Doing great. Good, good, good. I just wanted to tell you that um, 31 years, I, I, I'm i 32, and so it was, you know, quite interesting to see that the bear is almost the same age as me, and I just wanted to say thank you so much. I actually have my bear right here next to me holding it. <laughs> and I go to sleep with it, so. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I also heard, I didn't know about where it came from. I had no idea until tonight when I decided, I was like, oh, okay, well, Housewives of Atlanta or Paz I Am. I think I'm going to listen to Paz I Am. It's a little bit more important to me than. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! There was actually a choice between us and De and, and the Housewives of Atlanta. Really? You, you, you well, actually, it was a choice between Daddy da Dab Gardner, and I was like, "Well, I like Dab better." <laughs> but no, no, no. Going back, you know, um, I, I, I didn't know about how the bear came about and like it literally I was listening on the phone and I teared up because I think that I think I think either you guys know that I have a very soft spot for children and so 
I, you know, when I heard the story, I just, I just broke down and cried. And then I thought, you know, this is also a message of hope. And I just want to say thank you so much um, to, for doing what you do. And, you know, it just, it takes a lot and I understand and I love you for it. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Justin. It's one of the wonderful things about the bear is through a simple act of kindness to show people that you love them. It's amazing the number of stories people have shared with me over the years. Um, I'll go to events and I'll have especially uh, some older straight people or some older uh, gay individuals will walk up or uh, some older lesbians that will tell me their story about the bear, how their brother or their son or their friend or their dad was dying and was was holding one of the bears and how the bear gave them comfort. Or it amazes me, I've known several, several people that have told me that their partner or whoever was buried with their bear or cremated with their bear. Like I know my own mother was buried with her bear. Um, and I know that Candace was buried with her bear. So it's stories that I'm so fortunate to have people share their stories, whether it's people that have lost their battle or people that are currently living with HIV and or AIDS who tell me how the bear comforts them. And when I hear that, all the hard work over the past 31 years has been worth every second of it. Wow. I think that's great. I mean, it's and, – and I have my bear. He sits when, – when I don't have him with me, he's actually in um, – he sits on a uh, bookshelf, and he kind of oversees everything that's going on. There you go. Only, only um, I, I do every once in a while kind of turn his – head a little bit so he doesn't see all the naughty things that go on. <laughs> well, he's, he's an innocent little bear. Well, the bear has been present. Uh, well, we've done table at some circuit parties and IML and, and other events <laughs> like that, so I don't think the bear can be shocked anymore at this point. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. Let me tell you this. My dad, the AIDS bear, um, literally sits on my bedpost. So he sees some stuff. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah. goodness. And how did we, we get on to that? Well, right. well, anyway. well, well I, it's curious where you keep your dad's days there when you're not taking it around, you know, at events and taking photos. Maybe that's something people can type in and let us know. Um, a question coming out of the chat room is, what was the moment, pivotal point, when you realized your dream dad to help others was with the bear? Did you, when was your, like, aha or wow moment? It was probably with my first partner. Um, it was the only way we had to communicate. And when I had the nurse, there was this wonderful nurse named Vicki. And she, because back then they weren't supposed to take anything into quarantine and they were never allowed to bring anything out of quarantine. When he saw the bear 
and grabbed hold of it. I mean, literally like a death grip on his bear. And I saw the tears flowing down his face because he had already seen our, our best friend die. That's when I knew if nothing else, I could let people know they were loved. And I continued that through 95. Most people did not get their bear until they were in quarantine or in the hospital. Then in 95, after we finally had medications that worked, it became also a symbol of hope for people to be able to live with HIV because at that time um, there's three of us that have been positive since the very beginning of this, and that's Sean Strube, Phil Wilson, and myself. And we've all known each other for many, many years because we were all activists from the start. And this was something that, I mean, we had the AIDS quilt, and that memorialized our, our those that had lost their battle. But I made a conscious decision to have, I wanted a symbol for people to have hope, to know that they were loved, to not buy into the stigma that a lot of people can be overcome by. Um, while stigma was much worse in the 80s and early 90s before there were medications, there is still stigma today. And I like to think, and I've been told by many, that anytime they're feeling down, anytime someone has disappointed them by, you know, stigma or harassment, they just hug their bear and it makes them feel better. And that, to me, is one of my most important missions besides being an advocate for our community is to give people hope, to let them know that just because you have a virus, that it doesn't make you a bad person, that you're still a valuable human being and no one has the right to discriminate you, no one has the right to marginalize you, and no one has the right to make you feel less about yourself. Amen to that. With that, let's go to the next caller, uh, area code 917. You're on the air. Hello? Can you can you turn your speakers down, 917? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, this is Willow. Uh, Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Willow Darkwater. I am actually in Virginia. I just have a New York number. What was your first name? Willow Darkwater. It's Willow Darkwater from the um, from the chat room. Yeah. Okay. I'm yes. sorry. I didn't see that. So, what's your, uh, your hey, question or comment? Yeah, I wanted to um, get your guys' opinion on um, the really stringent um, rules that Virginia has on the ADAP program and even Brian White funding and um, the waiting list that we have here. Well, okay, what about them? Did you get that, Dad? Yes. Um, part, part, part of the problem that we have in the United States is every different State, and in some states like Florida, every different county <clears throat> has different rules. Um, it's, it's some states, well, all the states can determine wh how much percentage of the poverty level you can earn before you can qualify for programs. 
not every state has every program, which it makes it very hard for our community. And unfortunately, with waiting lists, especially the ADAP waiting list and ASAP, and some states also have HOPL waiting lists, for some people, uh, unless you have the means and the financial resources to move, you can end up stuck where you're living. And hopefully you're living in somewhere that you can get good health care. Um, we have several problems. Every time we get a little bit of funding, we have that many more people to try and serve because more and more people are becoming HIV infected. We now have more people testing positive every year than ever before. We're now up to 60,000 people a year. The second problem is not only does funding come from the national level, it also comes from the state level. And a lot of states are no longer doing an equal match. Uh, like here in the state of Florida, our new governor is fighting tooth and nail to provide hardly any funding. Um, we now just, I just received a new email in the past couple of days and a lot of people are going to be thrown off the AIDS Insurance Continuation Program called AICP under Ryan White unless you're already on there and with the Medicare supplement plan, anyone else will no longer qualify if you have Medicare and Medicaid. If you're a new person coming into the system and you have any type of private insurance, you will no longer qualify. Um, and my even bigger concern is Ryan White funding on the national level is coming up for renewal again. Senator Edward Kennedy, who I worked with originally in the late 80s to get Ryan White funding started, uh, along with many other advocates, of course, is no longer with us. And there is not a new champion in Washington, D.C., fighting for Ryan White funding. We do have a new HIV and AIDS caucus in Washington, D.C., but I haven't seen a whole lot of action out of that small group of people um, 95% who are Democrats, and I think there's two Republicans on the committee. One is our representative from Florida, Ileana Ross-Leafen. Our community could be in real trouble. We don't know exactly how health care reform is going to pertain to people with HIV and AIDS and access to care. We don't know if the Republican Party, if, God forbid, we get a Republican president. We don't even know it could be repealed. We don't know if Ryan White funding will be renewed next year. So we have a lot of question marks that people with HIV need to be paying attention to. Uh, literally overnight, we could lose, if we don't fight to keep it, Ryan White funding as a whole. And a majority of the aid service organizations in our country, more than 50% of their budget comes from Ryan White funding. So these are things that people with HIV and our allies and your friends and family need to be paying attention to, and we're going to have to seriously start lobbying as a community to keep this funding going. Or we could go back to the deaths that we had in the 80s and 90s where people can't have access to medications. It's wonderful that the pharmaceutical companies have had patient assistance programs for four years, but there's no guarantee that they're going to continue them or continue to enroll new people to them. 
Wow. So there was a question. There's a couple of questions in the in, in the chat room, um, and the you know, and, I, and I'll get to Kyle's in just a second. But to Charlotte Kennedy, who asked, you know, what can we do to get under the get the fire under the committee's butts? It's call your representatives and um, and flood the switchboards and and let them know that you're not going to stand for this and and get get on them about that and get on them to get with the committee. I totally agree. <clears throat> and one of the most things that's sustained to me is when I go speak around the country and I tell people to contact their elected officials, they laugh. Because a lot of people believe that their voice will not make a difference. And I will agree. One voice, me and my bear and the 10 or 20 activists that go to D.C. on a regular basis cannot make a change for our entire community. It takes every single person back at home, their friends, their families, our allies to call and make the difference because elected officials actually pay attention to the number of calls. And if we can get 50,000 or 100,000 to call within a week period, that registers with an elected official. Now, a lot of people don't even know who their elected official are. If you do not know, you go to www.votesmart.org. All you have to do is put in your address, and it will tell you who your elected officials are and how to contact them. And if you're on Facebook, we do call the actions. I post it right on my page. And a lot of other people I know either repost it or post it themselves. And we even tell you what to say when you call in. So it takes 10, 15 minutes of your time tops. A lot of people are scared they're going to actually speak to a senator or a House of Representatives. 99.9% .9 of the time, you're going to get some kid that just graduated from college who is working for that elected official. What that individual does is, A, they're going to ask you if you are a constituent. Are you in the voting area of their candidate? Then they're going to ask you what you're calling about. And it goes on the spreadsheet, which goes to a report to the elected official. So when we can get tens of thousands of calls going into various members, that makes them pay attention because their whole job is to get reelected. That's right. That's exactly right. So um, we wanted to loop back to Kyle's question that he had in the um, in in the uh, in the in the chat room. But before I do that, I hope Charlotte, I hope that answers your question um, about what to do. Um, the question that Kyle has is: How can businesses become a sponsor for the Teddy Bear Touchdown? Um, it depends. If you're in a city that we already do the Teddy Bear Touchdown, uh, you make a donation. Uh, we run under the um, 501c3 of Northeast Lutheran Social Services of Northeast Florida. <clears throat> there are a lot of cities and states where we do not have parties. If you want to start a party in your own state or city, where we do not do one, 
you get with a local 501c3, uh, your aid service organization, uh, Lutheran Social Services, or Catholic Charities. We allow you to use the name uh, Teddy Bear Touchdown, and then you get the contributions made out to your local 501c3. Uh, I also tell people the best way to raise teddy bears and toys are do toy drives at your local gay bars, go to the straight churches, especially minority churches are very good about donating. You can go to women's groups. They're usually very good. And depending on whether you live in a red or a blue state, you can usually get some news coverage since it's for children. But if they want to find out if there's a party in their area, they can always contact me at daddydab at dabtheaidsfairproject.com, and I will give them more details. There you go. Let's move over to um, the next caller here since we have somebody on the line. Um, Area code 604, you're on the air. Hi, it's Bradford from Vancouver. Hey, Bradford, how are you? (laughs) Really good, Dab. I've chatted with you on Facebook, but I thought I'd call in and and just say, you know, how much I admire the work that you're doing in the United States. It's it's incredible, you know, all the different places that you're you're involved, and uh, I think you're doing a great job. I greatly appreciate it. I also wanted to ask you: Do you have the the dab bear in Canada? Um, yes, we do have uh, the bear in 14 other countries. The donation is a little bit higher because the mailing costs are included in the donation. And I also have to give a shout-out to all of our ambassadors of hope. Now, for those of who do not know what our Ambassador of Hope program is, it's people both negative and positive who go around with their dab the AIDS fair to AIDS walks, AIDS rides, conferences, vacations, gay pride, you name it. Because we receive over 900 requests a year for appearances with the bear, and there's no way as one person I can ever be at that many events. Uh, so like Robert and Jeremy were recently at the Positive Living Conference, but I couldn't be there, so they represented the organization with their bears at the event and took pictures. Then people uh, share the story of Dad the AIDS Bear, which is on our website, and they take individual group shots, signage shots, and events, and then they post them to Facebook, and then I also repost them I use them in slideshows and for blogs that I write, and it just helps spread the 31-year message of Dad the AIDS Bear, because Dad the AIDS Bear isn't one person. It's a movement in our community for love, for compassion, to let people know that someone cares. I may have originally came up with the idea but it's not a person. It's over 360 people in 40 con- and 14 countries do this. And I can never thank them enough because they do it because they want to help the community. Our ambassadors don't get paid. They do it on their own time. And they do it because, like me, they want to help in stigma 
help people with HIV and help prevent others from becoming infected. Yeah, I just want to um, let also, uh, there were a bunch of people there at the conference who had their bears. Um, just to name a few besides me and Jeremy that were there, um, I know uh, Melissa was also there with her bear, and then Roberto uh, was there with his bear. I know they physically brought their bears and were taking photos, so um, kudos to them for doing that as well. Uh, I just don't want them to be feel like they were left out because I know they were there, you know. Oh, definitely. definitely. In fact, I think, I think altogether there were six of the ambassadors at the PLC, and almost any conference you go to in the United States, there's usually at least three or four. Um, like right now, another person is in Geneva, Sweden, at a conference taking pictures for me. Um, so, yes, I, I can never thank our ambassadors enough, enough. They are wonderful, loving people, many who are activists, some that just love sharing the story of the bear. And without them, we would never have the impact we have helping our community. Well, I think it's a great thing. And in this day and age, it's so easy to take a photo when you've got a phone that can do it in seconds. So, you know, one of the questions we were asking in the chat room, Deb, was where do you keep your Deb the AIDS versions? We were talking about where me and Jeremy keep ours. And um, I think Melissa uh, put up there that she keeps it in her bedroom and then takes it with her when she goes places. And Daniel Bauer said that his was in his shirt jacket in his, um, I guess, in his room somewhere. No, 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 no. Let's let's get this right. What did he say? Daniel, Tell me. Daniel Bowers, um, there is actually in for a straight jacket fitting because the bear is going to go with Daniel this summer, I believe, to Jacksonville, and he's going to um, perform with Daniel in a couple of escapes. Yes, that's going to be a fundraiser for Jacksonville, Florida, Teddy Bear Touchdown. And when is that, yes. Dad? Um, I would have to ask Daniel the exact date. We're, we're now doing over 60 parties around the world gotcha. and like 600 and 700 fundraisers a year, so I get the dates kind of fuzzy <laughs> until I get right up on them. <laughs> I think right. it's August 24th, 25th, and 26th, I think. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Jeremy, you'll be there, won't you? I, I will be there with, with Daniel, yes. So kudos to that. And Daniel's going to come on I will be there. and talk about that um, later on in the you know couple months. So kudos. That's cool. All right, well, we have um, – wow, I can't believe we're down to like the last five minutes. Um, if you have a question or a comment real quick and you want to reach us, Three four seven two one five nine four four two, and um, press one so we know you want to come on air. Other than that, Dab, I mean, I have to just tell you that you're amazing, and you know that we love you, and you're, you know, showing so many people right now by coming on here and sharing your story again that they will get past their diagnosis and they will be able to live a full, productive life. And I just think that you're amazing. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, but. It's this next generation of people like you and Jeremy through these new social networks like Blog Talk Radio that are going to be the ones that take over from the older ones like me who are still learning how to do Twitter. And, <laughs> and we're, we're, 
the, the old ones, we're real good at running our mouth and doing demonstrations, but y'all are going to make the real difference in the next 30 years. Because as we get old and hopefully one day can retire, I, I keep on praying that I'm around for a cure and for a vaccine. Um, but, but y'all are the next generation. And that's why when I meet young people like y'all, it, it, we're, we're so fortunate to have ambassadors like you and Janine and Charlotte and all these younger people who have such a passion to keep things going for our community. Um, one last thing I'd like to say to everyone, I know everyone may not have been able to get in their questions, and some people will be listening to this podcast at a later date. Uh, if you have questions, I have a new public figure page on Facebook because I maxed out on friends on the original page. You just look up Dab Garner and you're able to like the new page, and that page will let you add as many people as you want to. That's great. That's great. So, um, so let's uh, plug your site, would you? And, yes, and how sure. somebody can get it there. Uh, the site is www.dab the AIDS Fair Project. And if you'd like to get your own DAB the AIDS Fair, you go into the section Make a Donation and page to the bottom of the page, and you'll see our DAB the AIDS Fair and our HIV and AIDS awareness pins. And if you don't want a pin or don't want a bear and you just want to sponsor one of the children at one of our Bear touchdowns, you just hit on Sponsor a Child. Or if you just want to make a dollar donation of any amount, you go under the miscellaneous donations, and at the bottom left-hand corner, it takes you to PayPal, and you can make a donation of any dollar amount. Well, that's great. So, so folks, get out there, make your donations, and um, order your bear and become an ambassador for, for DAB. And, and DAB, it, you know, it's always a pleasure having you with us. It, I am – you know that I have a slight little crush on you, and um, I, I have for many, many years. So, Todd, you're not in any, in any shape or form. You shouldn't be jealous, maybe just a little bit, but not, not too much. Um, but uh, but uh, I so love having you and talking with you on the show, and it's just it's great. I love being able and having our little chats, and I think we're down to our last 90 seconds. But, um, but, but Dad, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And thank you for having me on the show again. I wish you much continued success both on POS-I-AM and in your, in your individual work of what you're doing for our community. I cannot thank both of you enough. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. You have a great night. Y'all too. Take care. And remember, guys, you can find more information on Dad, the AIDS Fair, and Dad Garner by going to dadtheaidsfairproject.com. More information on the radio show and myself at posim.com. Jeremy's fabulous website, positivelyspeaking.com. Go out and see him if you can when he's speaking in his local area coming up. Right? When's the date for that? It is April 7th, 7.30 p.m. There you go. Easter Saturday. But, go see him. <laughs> but, but come see the show, too. So come, see the, yeah. come, come to see the movie, and um, it's playing at the Manor um, Movie Theater. So, so I, think you'll, I think you'll love it. 
Cool. I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, again, thank you all for tuning in. And remember, we're here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.